Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Welcome to episode 71 of Maximize Your Influence. Steve Olson here with Kurt Mortensen. First episode of the year for 2015. I decided to, yeah, I'm bringing it in with <laughs> top-notch audio quality, uh, calling in on the cell phone. So thanks for putting up with that, Kurt. How you been? Doing well. Holidays were awesome. It was good. It's kind of weird to be a new year, but getting focused, looking ahead for 2015. Excited for everyone to make 2015 their year. The holidays were awesome. Did you hit puberty over the holidays? Yeah, did you like my squeak? <laughs> we haven't been speaking enough. I, it was the, well, we have to talk about food, the fatty foods, deliveries from neighbors, the relaxing, the getting to January, realizing, yeah, we had it good. It's time to cut back on a few pounds. But that's what January is for, right? Just to figure out health-wise and financially what you want to do for the year. Oh, yeah, totally. I looked at my wife last night and said, this is the only time of year I'll probably say this, but I want the kids going back to school and I want to go work tomorrow. I want <laughs> the economy to turn back on and banks to be open and things happening because it was a lazy couple of weeks. It was great, but it's better to be back and super motivated for the new year to, to kick off. Yeah, I think that's what those two weeks are for. You know, family time, hanging out, good stuff, being a little lazy, eating too much food, and then realizing, getting some motivation down for the new year and say, okay, it's time. We're going to make it happen. It's time, yeah. And you know what? Like it does every year here, and for many of you, the snow has officially worn out its welcome. I'm tired of it. We had a white Christmas here. It snowed, and, and it was great, and then it just plummeted temperature-wise, and the weather's been terrible, and the snow has officially worn out its welcome. I have no use for it now. <laughs> so I just saw this morning that 70% of the United States is under a deep freeze. A so deep I don't know if that's freeze. A, this media thing or verbal packaging, but we're in the deep freeze. But it's January. I guess we can take it, and we'll, we'll appreciate the summer that much more. I wish it could just be 40 degrees in the valley and above, you know, below freezing in the in the mountains, so that it would pack snow up there, and uh, we wouldn't have any down here. But you know, I make fun of people from San Diego in the summer. <laughs> it's so expensive. And look at their property taxes. And now they yeah, seem really intelligent yeah. to me. Well, who's laughing now? Yeah, who's laughing now? Who's laughing Every year. Now? It's like clockwork. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. I've got to apologize to the listeners. I'm on a cell phone today because my house is getting remodeled. And there is a, a hammer drill right above my office right now hammering out tile. And it makes for even worse audio quality than a cell phone, if you can believe that. So I've been out running around town getting real estate stuff done today and uh, ended up just needing to camp out and, and have Kurt call me so that we could uh, record your most favorite podcast that is going to motivate you a ton this year and help you get better persuasion results. Because what if you could get just a few extra sales this year or increase your close rate by a certain percentage? It would be very helpful, and it's all about the tools. It's really and all that's about gonna the tools. That's going to be our, our motto. Just, hey, don't work twice as hard if you want to double your income. Just double your persuasion skills, double your close rate, and you're going to have a great year. That's right. That's right. You know, there's a lot to be said for 
for working hard, but there's even more to be said for working smart. I mean, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you make the same amount of income for working 20 hours a week. It's something to be said than working 60 hours a week. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to work harder, then you know, you, instead of working 20, work 30, but do it twice as smart. And there uh, we go. you'll be glad that you did it. So that's great. We're going to kick it off with the very first geeky article moment of 2015. Bring on the Urkel. All right, we'll do it this time. Go ahead, Urkel. <laughs> Urkel just as awesome as always. Uh, I know you disagree, but uh, he's awesome. My resistance, yeah. All right, I got yeah. the geeky article from Michigan State University about your customers. That a sincere thanks is much better than, say, a gift. If you could just come up and say, thank you, I appreciate your business, thanks for being here, thanks for supporting me, is going to keep your customers a lot more loyal than maybe a rewards program or a gift or a free donut or whatever it is you do. This is what they said. A sincere, well-timed thank you was the key with these studies, was the key. And they found that that simple gesture was just as effective as doing other things. And the one they call sweetening the pot or giving rewards and giving things out or upgrading and doing different things, those help. Those are great. But here's the bottom line. A sincere, well-timed thank you was the key. And it made a big, big difference with tips, with satisfaction with CEOs, with people working with their managers. They did a variety of different things. And they did this through the Marketing Science Institute and found out, and we, deep down, I think we kind of know this, Steve, is that just thank you, appreciate it, is the key here for loyal customers. The bribery and the rewards is just wearing off because everybody does it, right? Yeah, everyone's got a reward card, something else. But when we know, especially I would say for like an entrepreneur or a mom-and-pop shop or a little restaurant, when they say, hey, thanks, really appreciate you coming in, appreciate your business, a little dry-cleaning shop, that's big, that's huge. But even with managers and CEOs who forget to say thank you or forget about the praise, a lot of managers think that it's the money that matters, and that's important. But, hey, when people feel valued and just a quick thank you, a little praise, it goes a long way. Yeah, I think so. I When I was a, a waiter in college, that we had to go through this big training before we could do it. And they cited some study where if you write thanks in your own handwriting on the, on the bill, it increases your tip. And I, just try to pay attention to that next time you're out. I think most waiters are taught to do it. They'll write thanks and, uh, you know, scribble their name on there. The ladies will do a little heart or something, right? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> apparently there are studies that show that that increases the tip amount. <laughs> Yeah, sort of think about it. There's a lot of hearts. <laughs> it's true, the hearts, the thanks, and even little things. I say, well, that's a good choice. You're like, well, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're programmed to say it. Even the reciprocity of giving a few treats, the touch factor. I mean, a lot of things waiters and waitresses do can dramatically increase their tips if they really want to. In fact, one interesting study that they did with the reciprocity factor is they would give people, you know, they give you a little candy at the end. They yeah, found yeah. when uh, they gave two or three pieces of candy, the tip went up a little bit. But here's where it got interesting. When they put one down and they turned around and they did a double take and put a couple more down, that dramatically oh, yeah. increased yeah. the tip. So it gets interesting <laughs> when you talk about it. So if you could add praise with reciprocity and making people really feel that your sincerity, it'll go a long way for loyal customers and even referrals. I think people are just looking for a genuine interaction with another human being. Right. We have 
so little of that now with with Facebook and all the nonsense and social media and everybody's always staring at a screen. It's just good to have a genuine interaction with another human being and people will open up the wallet for it apparently. So they it, will it, open it, up the wallet. Yeah. Yes. That rewards thing is, is out of control. I went to, you know, that comedian, Brian Reagan, he's pretty funny. He, <laughs> I went to him last year and he had a bit about rewards programs where he said, I just once want to go into a store and not be asked, would you like to join our rewards program? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to buy my stuff and get out. Because, I mean, you're getting hustled to open up a rewards card and, and a punch card everywhere. And that's how I am, too. I just want to buy my stuff and leave. That thing on the menu, I want that. Here's the money. Bye. Uh, I obviously don't do it as much justice as he does. But I think we're all feeling that way. Just I can't even keep track of all the rewards cards and programs and and password yeah, and nonsense anymore. You don't have a wallet big enough to carry all those things. And I hate the supermarkets. They're all offended. You don't want a rewards card? You'll save $3.50. I'm like, no, I don't. But you'll save. It's right here. It'll take a few seconds. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't. They're just, and I don't they're want just tracking your purchases to... anyway. I mean, the real yep. reason they do it is to track your purchases so they can figure out what media to advertise on. I mean, that's where it really started. Yep. I don't want to contribute to muscular dystrophy or whatever it is either. And I'm not a bad person. We're not wanting to do it right here at the register with the social pressure. <laughs> it's like consumers, though. We've kind of united on that. When they first started doing that, would you like to contribute to Toys for Tots or whatever? You're all worried because there's people behind you listening. Are you going to contribute? Are you a bad person, right? And so you do it. And now we're all just on the same team. Like we're all getting shaken down and you're not judging me for not doing it. I'm not judging you. <laughs> and next time they do it at the super, I just grab the mic. No, I'm not giving, not giving. Let everyone know I'm not giving. <laughs> Out goes the Grinch. Yep. <laughs> Which on the show here, we support charitable giving to all kinds of causes. We're just venting right now. That's all. Yeah. So, well, good. We're going to launch into the main portion of the show now. And surprise, surprise, it's, first weekend in January, and we are going to talk about goal setting. And this is where you roll your eyes. You're welcome uh, to setting. We have take to a selfie. Yeah, go ahead and take a selfie of you rolling your eyes and send it in, and we'll vote on the best eye roll for, for the goal setting portion of the show. You have a good story about this, Kurt, where a company brought you in to train, and the manager wanted to find out who he should fire. And you used goal setting to help him figure that out. Don't you have a pretty good story about that? Yeah, he wanted me to come in and do this basic, basic goal-setting exercise and talk about it. And these were some seasoned salespeople, some new ones, and he wanted a clean house. He was tired of some things going on. I mean, there's a lot of history there. And he just kind of sat in the corner and watched who took notes, who rolled their eyes, who just sat there with their arms folded, and he fired the ones that didn't care. They'd heard it before, but they weren't doing it. And so a lot of your seasoned, more successful people were there taking notes and doing it, but the ones he knew that uh, didn't care, didn't write it down, he actually fired them. And I thought it was a pretty interesting exercise. And a lot of truth to that. You, we've never arrived in our goal setting. We're never done. We can always learn more about it. But it's true. It's one of those things where we whine, we complain, we moan, we don't do it anymore. But I mean, every book on success you're ever going to read or have read, every study on success will show you have to set your goals or you won't be successful, period, end of story. Yeah, it's true. And people roll their eyes about it. You and I were talking football a little bit. There's been a lot of that going on. I mean, can you imagine if a coaching staff shows up for football practice and says, okay, we've got to do some conditioning. We're going to run 
10 times around the field. And if one of the players rolled their eyes and said, I've done that already, <laughs> uh, that's not going to fly. You're off the team, pal. And it's the same thing with goal setting. Just because you've done it already doesn't mean you can't do it better and that you don't need to do it. And especially, it doesn't mean that you've heard it all. I mean, this is one of those things that motivated people do, period. Yeah, end of story. And that's interesting thing when you talk about goals is some people have tried it and it didn't work, and so they never set their goals so they won't fail, but they're going to be a failure because they have no target to shoot after. I mean, ultimately, that's what a, a goal is. It's a target. And it's interesting, as I read in Psychology Today, that it actually talked about goals. And the bottom line is this. When people have goals, they're happier, they achieve more, it does something to your brain. When you achieve a goal, your brain produces what's called dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter that's responsible for the feelings of pleasure. So you think about the happiest time in our life when we've accomplished the most, we're going after achieving worthwhile, exciting goals, and we're hitting that target, and it changes our whole attitude. We're happier. It's a big part of who we are. I agree, and that's so true. My wife and I joke about that sometimes. If one of us made an impulse purchase at a store or something, oh, did you buy some dopamine? <laughs> right? Because <laughs> that's, that's all it really is. You notice that when you make an impulse purchase, it feels good right when you do it. And then you just immediately are thinking, I should have done that. I don't need this thing. And, oh, man, I'm out that money now. So, But when you do it with goals, and that's why I think and you're probably going there to set manageable goals that you can actually achieve because it's a snowball effect. If it's some big nebulous goal that you never really get any progress and accomplishment on, of course, by February, you've forgotten about it. But if you break it up into little intermediate goals, get to the big one, you're going to get there because that dopamine gives you the pleasure from accomplishing and you want more. And that's something that's really important is we hear about goals, we hear about goals. We get tired of the gyms being crowded in January, knowing February is going to return to normal is that most people haven't been trained, I mean, really trained on how to do goals. I mean, if I want to learn how to go snow skiing, and I just put on some skis and went to, got on a chairlift and got off of the black diamond, not sure what to do, I don't need lessons. I can figure out snow skiing. I mean, really, how hard can it be? People do it every day. And I start skiing down that black diamond, I'm going to pick up speed, hit a tree, break my leg, and say, no, this is a terrible sport. It's kind of lame. I'm never going to do it again. And I think that's what most people have done with goal setting, because no one's ever sat them down and said, okay, this is how you realistically set a goal, and this is how it works. And once people get past that and see the success, they become avid, almost, I'd say, rabid with goals that excites them, and they wouldn't go a day, a week, or, or even a month without setting goals. Yeah. I apologize for any background noise. I told you I, I'm out of the office and out and about today to get away from a, a jackhammer at my house, and some construction guys literally started up a jackhammer <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting right for now. the ambulance sound. That's what I'm looking forward to. We need to get like, a fire truck or ambulance. That, that really is good background noise right there. It is. It's terrific. So I'm working on it. I, I made a couple of false 911 calls while you were talking there. But, um, but what, I'm really, what I'm really waiting for is that, uh, can I take your order, please? When you're going through that fast food thing. And, uh, <laughs> here you say, I'll have a double-double with cheese. That's, that's what I'm really waiting for. Look, you know what? With my kitchen being torn apart right now and the holidays going, I'm so tired of eating out. I do not want to eat out for like a month. I'm sure I'll be cured of that by this weekend. But <laughs> uh, So I found, Kurt, on the goal-setting thing, of course, we've all set them and we all, we've all failed before. That's not news. And I think partly it's because 
goal setting is is a lot more about who you are than what you're going to do. You set these goals of I'm going to make this much money or I'm going to look like this physically or my relationships are going to be like that. And we don't really take time to think about, am I the kind of person inside that achieves those sorts of things? Are you a two and you want to be a 10? You want to do things that a 10 does? You have to be what a 10 is. And I, I really evaluated this as I've been setting goals over the last few days. And when it comes to fitness and some things on financial and relationships, I took a good hard look at myself and realized, you know what? I'm not the kind of person right now that accomplishes that. What little things every day does a person that accomplishes that type of goal do? What are they really effective at? And that really leads into a spinoff of some other goals about how you're going to be as a person this year. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's all about us and what we want to be able to to visualize ourselves doing. And that's a huge thing when we talk about the formula for setting goals is before we even start writing it down, is it really your goal? Is it somebody else's goal? Is it really something you want? Is there another underlying goal there? But the whole visualization thing, and you've heard me say this before, is that the universe will not reward you physically until you believe it mentally. So if you want to lose weight, if you can't see yourself losing weight, or if you want to make a half a million dollars this year, but you can't see yourself making that, we've got to work on some of those other things. But you have to be able to visualize and and really be excited about what your goal is. If you really you feel that pain, all right, I'll write it down. But you got to be excited. So let's, let's talk about that formula a little bit. The first one that most people do is the what. I mean, it's got to be written down. If it's just in your mind, it's just a dream. But write it down. But here it is. Is it believable to you? Is it exciting? Is it measurable? Those are things that really make a huge difference by just writing it down. And a lot of people have written it down. But when you do write it down, can you see yourself doing it? Is it believable? Is it exciting to you? Is it something that you feel that you can accomplish? That makes a huge difference with when we talk about the formula. The first thing is you got to write it down. Okay. Well, what's the next thing? I mean, as long well, as we're on that train. That's on a need-to-know basis. And the listeners don't need to know. All right, everybody. <laughs> have a great year. All right. We'll talk about it. So the second one is another no-brainer, but most people don't tend to do a lot of times, is a win. You've got to have a deadline. When is that going to happen? Is it the end of the year? Is it two months? Is it three months? And I'd recommend for anybody with their new smartphones they got for Christmas or whatever you have, you could download a countdown app. In two months, you want to lose this much weight or two months, you want to make this much money. Every time you log into that phone, you see it just ticking down. That holds you accountable. We're human beings. We have to have a deadline to that goal. Okay. Okay, good. So a deadline to the goal, countdown app. Did you already go over the fact that it needs to be, it, it can't be nebulous? I mean, it, it needs to be measurable, doesn't it? Yeah, I mentioned measurable, and that's important because you say, oh, I'm going to be nicer. Well, that's a great goal. Uh, maybe it's when I, when I quit hitting people. I guess that's measurable. But it does be something measurable. It shouldn't be more than twice as much as you've accomplished in the past. Does that make sense? I mean, if you want to yeah. make a million dollars this year, but you've never made more than $10,000, there's probably going to be a believability issue there. Sure, it's exciting to you. But it, is that doable to you? Do you have everything you need to make that happen? So make sure, just a benchmark, try not to make sure it's believable, but it's not more than something double that you've done in the past. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. That's big for me is I have a tendency to set too many of them, right? going to conquer the world. And I've found that if I just trim it down to two, maybe three goals, and that's me. Maybe, maybe you're better and you can do a lot of goals. But I've just found that keeps me focused. That gets me to June and September 
in November. Whereas if I do too many of them, I'm not even thinking about any of them. Come February, I've gone back to all my old habits because achieving goals and making your life different is about creating healthy daily habits. And that's right on. And that's one thing that really hurts people with goal setting is they, they just get so overwhelmed. There's so much to do. They're not sure what to do next that their brain shuts out. And that brings up to the third part. So the first one's the what, the second part's the when, the third part's the how. Now, if it's a huge goal you're going to do in 12 months, you've got to break that down into smaller pieces, the one, two, threes, the ABCs, however you want to do that, to know what you need to do on a monthly, on a weekly, on a daily, on an hourly basis. If you're in sales, you know it's 200 calls a month, you're going to break that down by day. You have to decide your how. That's going to be the to-do list. That's going to be your personal development program. Who do you need to mentor with? What podcast do you need to listen to? What books do you need to buy? Who are you going to talk to? So you have a game plan. It's not just going to happen. You've broke it down into smaller, manageable, bite-sized pieces, but you also have your personal development, your education, who you're going to talk to, who you're going to mentor with to make sure you have the skills to lose the weight, to increase your income, to double your close rate, whatever it is. It doesn't just happen. This is the game plan that really makes a huge difference. Okay, great. So everybody, they're listening to this, and you're going to go about your life again tomorrow, right? And it's going to be really easy for the old habits to sneak back in and take over because your life today is a, a sum of all your habits that you have. If you were kind of in closing to give one piece of advice, how can people change their goal setting this year going forward? What's, what's going to move the needle the most? What can they do? Well, I, I'm talking about the fourth part of the formula is the why. If you don't have a reason behind that goal to lose weight, to make more money, it's not going to matter. Because people don't fail because of a lack of goals necessarily. They don't have a reason why. And that reason is what's keeping them motivated. What are you going to lose weight? Is it to live longer, to be with your grandkids, to give to a charity? Why do you want to make more money? Is it to buy a, a bigger house for your spouse? Is it to create a charity? Is it to become an entrepreneur? Is it to spend more time with your family? I don't care what it is, but you have to have a why. And usually that why comes into the inspiration, desperation mode. If I want to lose 20 pounds, why? Well, I don't want to die. I want to be around for my kids versus I want to feel healthy. I want to have energy. I want to run with my grandkids. I want to spend more time with the charity. You have to have that why. And when you have those four parts, the what, when, how, and why, it's going to work for you. Review them daily. And that's the last piece of advice I want to give you is you need to keep score every day. If it's financial, you're looking at your bank account. If it's your weight, you're on the scale. If it's your close rate, you're looking at the number of calls versus the sales you've made. Whatever it is, you've got to keep score. And the reality is it's kind of look, look like the stock market sometimes. Some days you're ahead of the game. Some days you're behind the game. But you keep in score. You know where you're at. Ugh, I gained a half a pound. That's all right. I've gained five pounds so far. You're going, as long as the line's going in the direction that you want, it makes a big difference. But you have to keep score every day, maybe even every hour. You do that, it works. It's The science is there. This works. People that set goals, they're happier, they accomplish more, they're more successful, they make more money. We know that. So quit rolling your eyes, and I've been guilty there too, and make this your year and sit down and do it the right way. Good points, Kurt. Good points. So everybody, go out and make it a great 2015 with your new goal setting. I think, like you said, that why is probably the most important. If there's a good, compelling reason behind it, a lot of these other things take care of themselves. And I think that on that why, too, a big pitfall that a lot of people hit is the why isn't theirs. 
it's a spouses, it's a parents, it's a communities. It's not something that they really deep down want and get excited about. They're trying to do it because they think somebody else wants them to, or they're brainwashed into things that they want to. But if it's something that you really deep inside are passionate about and want to do, many of these other things take care of themselves. That's a great point. Don't rent your goals from other people. Own it, right? Make sure it's you, something you want that's exciting. And that's hard a lot of times in business because people give us our goals. And, you know, it's not really exciting to us. So you have to find ways to really take ownership of that, make sure it's something you want, and go after it. All right, good stuff. Cue up the Homer. Homer, give it to us. Go, go, go. All right, first blunder of the year of 2015 is one of my contractors that I use. And uh, uh, that's he, not he hard used, to find. No, it's not hard. It's not hard. If you've dealt with contractors, like, oh, one, two, three, four. Sorry, contractors, yeah. but we've had some experiences. <laughs> yeah, you guys are kind of terrible. So um, <laughs> one of the biggest blunders they do, of course, is just never showing up on time. But, you know, this guy does. He shows up on time. I'll give him that. But uh, he used a, a highly advanced negotiation technique uh, called the wimp factor, all right? We're negotiating through some uh, demolition costs and some minor plumbing and, and things that needed to be done. And he looks at me and he says, well, what do you think about 1700 bucks?" And I just kind of looked back at him and he said, I mean, if, if we got to work on that number, we can, just let me know. And I just felt so bad for the guy. I mean, I just... <laughs> I, we haven't even answered, but do you think I'm going to pay 1700 bucks? Do you think he'll take less? Oh, man, that's like saying you wouldn't be interested, would you? No, no. I'm not. Go away. <laughs> I, it was just so painful. He just shot himself in the foot. So obviously in that situation, it's a written bid, and this is what I'm going to do, and here's the amount that it's going to be. Look at them and shut up. And that's, <laughs> that's how you do this thing. We're all guilty of that. A lot of people are, want to please others, and they don't want to rock the boat. But, man, I tell you, when it comes to money, people a lot of times do what they feel like somebody confident is telling them to do. And uh, that was not present at all here. You, sir, are the blunder, the first blunder of 2015. Man, you should have said, look, you do it for free. We've got some negotiation training for you. We'll send them to <laughs> universityofpersuasion.com. And you'll make 10 <laughs> times more money this year if you just get a little personal development there and learn how to do it the right way because that is costing you money. Oh, yeah. It was brutal. It was brutal. So there you have it, Kurt. Anything else before we hang it up for the day? It's 2015. Look into your heart. Make it your year. You know what you need to do. You know what you want to accomplish. Your DNA coded for greatness. Make things happen. It's now time. Quit dinking around, as they say, and make 2015 your year. Sounds great, everybody. We'll catch you next week on another episode of Maximize Your Influence. See you next week.